I'm more aware now of the importance of a hairstylist um, of to their client, the importance of that client feeling nurtured and nourished through the human interaction that comes along with it and through the visual seeing themselves in the mirror and liking what they see and feeling good about what they see, whether that's pretty, whether that's professional, whether that's well-groomed, whether that's groovy and cool, you know, that, that we have a major effect on what people see in the mirror. Hello, everybody. It's John here at Shop Talk, the podcast. We are so excited that you decided to join us today. And I would just want to say thank you for all of you who have written us a wicked good five-star review. Thanks. It's been awesome. We've got like 60 of them already, and that's amazing. It helps other people find our podcast, and that's our intent, to spread as much information as possible. So thank you. We appreciate it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Talk Podcast brought to you by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Sulme. And as usual, sitting here with my great friend, Mr. Getting ready to get caffeinated, John Palmieri. It's the truth. We're both yeah. caffeinating this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably doing this on a day we don't usually do this. It's a Saturday morning. I can see the sun shining in through your window. Yes, it's beautiful today. Yep. It's and a little have, chilly, but it's nice. It is. And I have a little fake lighting uh, pressed against my face. Um, but with that said, mm-hmm. man, are we happy to be back. I think I, I want you to know, John, I'm really excited to be talking to you this morning specifically and not bringing a guest on um, only because to recap where we've been, we're in about, I think we're going to be starting week three ish. It's like two and a half weeks right. where we've been reopened after our, you know, coronavirus closures. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still you know, a ton of uncertainty in the air, in the entire salon community. Um, I would say probably 70% of the states or maybe even 90% of the states are still not open yet. Right. Um, there's a lot of anticipation around it. You and I and Tammy Cosper, our COO, mm-hmm. did an interview on hair industry um, this past week and talked all about our protocols and how we've opened, how we believe we've opened very safely. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're, you know, close to three weeks into that experience. Um, our salon business is coming back, you know, I want to say big time uh, with a vengeance. Uh, obviously, right. we're not running at 100% yet because we've implemented social distancing strategies and we've right. extend, suspended the schedule. And not all of our stylists have chosen right to come yeah. back yet. Um, both you and I have entered the salon, you, you and your same exact role and me, I've entered almost exclusively as a floor hairdresser, right. Um, helping to take care of client overflow. And I think the intention of this conversation is we wanted to share our experiences around now that we're back open. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, what are some of the things that people should expect? You know, what are some of the things that may have changed? Um, specifically from an operational leadership style slash, you know, what are some of the things that stylists could expect behind the chair? Mm-hmm. So I know I'm excited about this conversation. Um, anything on your mind before we get into it? I, you know, I want to, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about 
what's happening on the floor from your perspective. You know, um, generally speaking, you're you have a leadership role. I mean, like like I, we interact with stylists all day long. But I think it's a little bit different when you're actually behind the chair, working with guests. You know, um, hanging out with the rest of the team in the back room for lunch or you know having coffee. So I'm interested to get that that perspective of what it's like now behind the chair as well. What is it different? You know, what do we need to be aware of? What are the things there? What are the things we need to focus on? So I'm excited to yeah. learn more about that from you today. Yeah, same, same. And uh, we decided to do this, guys, just because, you know, we, we love to bring on guests. We know there's a lot um, out there. But, you know, John and I work with close to, you know, 150 stylists on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Georgia just happened to be the first state that opened. I mean, we, I, I don't think anybody thought that that was going to be the case. Right. And so we kind of had to hit the ground running and we've had the chance to see, you know, not just our salon, one four set of walls, but sit, you know, six different locations right. that have different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our locations have different personalities. We're, we're, we're a company that has real, you know, the same branding, but, but each salon has its own personality. Right. Big time. Um, and so we're kind of able to view that. We wanted to bring you that experience just straight from us. So uh, we hope you enjoy this, uh, how we're going to get into it. I know, John, you usually start the conversation, but I'm going to start by asking you some interview questions, if that's okay. Because my favorite person to listen to is me. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm not, not going to ask you how did you get into the industry. <laughs> okay, um, <clears throat> but we maybe tell that story one day. One day. Um, yeah. You know, I guess here's what I want to say. To, to set this up, when, when I see you on a day-to-day basis, you know, um, your face is usually in a spreadsheet or that you're, you know, kind of developing to refine numbers for us to track, measure, goals for us to set. And you do that not, you know, just from the highest level of what should the business be measuring, mm-hmm. um, but also all the way down really to the macro, to the, to the micro, to the stylist level mm-hmm. of tweaking stylist goals, taking right. a look at numbers, um, developing pricing structures and strategies, which I also think is a really big uh, topic right now around the Corona uh, thing. Um, and so I, I want to set up for a manager or a salon owner or a, a leader or even a hairstylist that's really interested in business on a typical day before pandemic, pre-pandemic, right? You know, kind of what what are the things that are typically important to measure, spend your time on as a salon leader and a salon owner, and maybe even a little bit of the whys behind each of those numbers that you love to measure and watch. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the things we we focus on a lot with six locations, right, and a company that's been around for almost thirty years is of course we're looking at revenues, right? Are we growing as a company or are we not? Um, and I like to set a goal every year. You know, here's what our goal is for this year. This is the number we wanna, we wanna hit. And you know, that's a focus. And then I'm also looking at places where we're falling down a little bit, you know? And it can be different every year, right? Is our new client count going up? Or is it going down? Is our retention rate going up? Is it going down? The same thing all salon owners, you know, think about um, improving in their company. Is our retail going up? Is it going down? Is our rebooking up? Is it down? You know, and, and it's a constant kind of recalibration of 
where are the places we're doing really well, and that's great, and where are the places that probably need a little bit of attention. And every year, maybe even every quarter, we kind of review those and see where we stand. Um, because for us, growth is important, but understand that the reason for that growth or the, the desire for that growth is because we're a company that's always looking for career paths for the people that work within our company. You know, we want people to have, you know, from the minute they get out of hairdressing school to let's be silly for a minute till the day they decide to retire, we want a place for them within our company. And our growth helps make that a reality. So my end goal is how do we continue developing career paths for all the people that are in our company? And then secondarily, what growth do we need in order to make that happen? Mm -hmm. And can I do this if I'm just a single salon owner? Absolutely. Because, you know, the same thing, if, if I'm a singular salon owner, I'm looking at what my career path looks like from the minute I opened up my doors to what is my end goal? Am I going to sell my salon? Am I going to continue to work in my salon until I decide to retire and just build a nest egg in the interim? Um, am I going to open up a small salon with three, four employees? Well, you know, whatever your end goal is, you got a starting point, you know, presumably there's an end point. And how do you continue to move in that direction? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, and so <clears throat> let's talk maybe for a, a let's let me dive a little bit into some of those that you just mentioned. So, sure. you know, pre coronavirus, I think, and I, maybe even I, I think you and I have had some discussions and, you know, I think we're still evaluating the whole experience. First sure. of all, you know, we're, we're still in the experience, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but pre pre coronavirus, you know, I think we were very focused on revenue, revenue goals, those, those types of numbers. Right. And I think we were able to, because we had built a foundation of, mm -hmm. you know, longstanding history. You know, we, we already have a level of retention that's quite measurable with right. a long standing of history. We already have clients that are quite measurable with a long standing history. You know, we already have our retail. It's measurable with a long standing history. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we don't have anything that's super measurable yet mm -hmm. after the pandemic, you know, are people right. going to be more afraid to come in? Are they going to space their appointments out? We have no idea what unemployment's going to look like, right. um, you know, in, and, and, and state to state. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, with those things that you just talked about that we would measure real pragmatically, mm -hmm. real, you know, kind of regularly with some history, Right. Um, in this experience, as a as somebody who's measuring those things and helping managers measure those things and making mm -hmm. sure this our salons run with enough profit for us to get through this year. Right. Um, what where is your focus turning right now? Is it is it as hard and heavy on those same things or are you mm -hmm. adjusting your sights, softening? Um, where's your head at? Well, I think the one place, one of the places, not the place I would start, but one of the places that I look at now is I still look at revenues, right? Because we still got to, you know, turn lights on and pay the bills and, you know, make sure our staff is, is well taken care of. But the idea of whatever increase I had in my head of 2020 over 2019 is now gone. You know, we're not going to have that increase. And I think it would be a mistake on our part to try to chase that. You know, maybe we'll catch up in the second half of the year. Um, because I think right now that's not really the focus. 
I'm not saying revenues aren't important. Of course they are, right? Well, a lot of people will close. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, so the money part's important, but your your attention has shifted. My attention has shifted. That goal of whatever revenue you know benchmark I wanted to hit for 2020 is is now toast, and I know that. Now I still look at it on a daily basis because I want to know where we are in relationship to expenses, right? So what I mean by that is, right now we're running about 85 percent of sales over last year. Um, which to me is spectacular, right? We're doing 85% of what we did the same time last year with half the staff, right? With social distancing, every other station's being used with lower support staff numbers, with lower front desk numbers, um, without being able to double book. Heck, if we can do 85% of our sales in that type of environment, man, that's pretty sweet. Now, of course, it's, three weeks, there's that rush that comes with everybody wanting to come back and get their hair done because it's been a hot minute. But that still makes me say, hey, you know what? If we're at 85% of sales, then we probably need to be at 85% of expenses as well. Um, so, you know, I kind of look at one benchmark kind of supports the other. If 85% of my sales are there, then at this point in time, I can only have 85% of my expenses as well. So I look at the relationship now, less the number. The number is not quite as important. I want to know what that's, that relationship is between expenses and revenues right now. So what I'm hearing as I, I mean that, first of all, you're, you always, sometimes you stop me in my tracks and you just did. Um, is it the color of my eyes? <laughs> actually it's the twinkling gray in your beard. Got it. Very Pierce Bronson this morning. Very that's Pierce cool. Bronson this morning. Yeah. Um, but no, because, you know, I mean, here's the reality. I've, I've listened to Brian before, before this thing ever hit, you know, mm -hmm. and I mean, I've been giving him credit since day one for coming to us weeks before and me rolling my eyes, you know, yeah. we're not going to close, they're not going to close the country down, blah, 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 blah. Right. But the other thing that he started to say immediately was to his stylist, to us, I mean, you know, you, I, I think we felt safe throughout the entire thing, but we didn't know what, you know, what turn it would take. Right. Um, tighten your belts a little bit. Mm -hmm. Tighten your budget a little bit at home. He was right. talking to the stylist about at home. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of us walking through this time have kind of sifted through the things that we spent money on. And you're mm -hmm. saying right now for a salon owner, would it be an important conversation for me to go to my staff mm -hmm. and say like, guys, you know, we got to tighten our belts a little bit. I mean, what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I always think open conversations with your team are really important. I think the challenge becomes when it comes out of nowhere, right? So if you're the type of salon owner that, you know, always kind of kept information close to the vest and all of a sudden you show up, you know, bearing your soul, it might freak people out a little bit. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, just the opposite. This is probably as good a time as any to start a dialogue. But I'd start off slow. Hey guys, here's what we're doing today. You know, here's where our goals are. You know, where do you need, I'm gonna backpedal just a hot minute. Communication is always important, all the time, every day in any business. It's even more important now with the uncertainty that comes with the pandemic. And 
if you're not clearly communicating with your team on a regular basis, I always, I call them urban legends. Urban legends start to form. People start talking in the back room. Hey, you know what? John's not, you know, I know it's short on money and he had to lay somebody off and this place is going to go bankrupt because, I mean, we're hearing where we're at. There are salons closing and not because of the virus. I mean, permanently. And so it's not hard for those rumors to start to spread. So to get back to your point, yes, you should be having those conversations with your employees, but I would ease my way into it. I wouldn't be dropping bombs on them right away um, because you'll freak them out. Um, yeah. It's not the, it's not the um, come to Jesus meeting. Yeah. Nobody likes to come to Jesus meeting. Right. Th yeah. This is, this is about, obviously some things have changed. Mm -hmm. You know, there might be some amenities that, that we were offering before that for, sure. for a period of time, we're going to have to go without. I mean, for instance, we're no longer offering soft drinks in magazines at our salons, all coffee, right? Yeah. We just don't offer them. Now, if you don't clearly communicate that, right, we're trying to make sure we don't be one of those folks that helps spread the virus. That turns into, well, we don't have any money. We can't even afford coffee. Right. You know, and that's not, that's not the, the, the story. Yeah, totally. And so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to squirrel for a second here just yeah. to clarify John's statement there. We stopped handing out any of our paper collateral. Right. We stopped offering drinks. We stopped offering anything that we that was a touch to touch point right. that that could possibly add to coronavirus. And so, you know, but we understood that very clear up front why we weren't, you know, we right. took the soft drinks out. We have mm -hmm. them. We took them out because we want to make sure that we're playing safe um, and doing our part right now. And so those things need to be communicated is your point. Maybe would I maybe even get the staff um, in on the plan? I mean, is there something? Oh, absolutely. If you guys can have, you know, team meetings, even, you know, through Zoom or any other, you know, platform and say, hey, guys, let's look at areas we can help not spread the infection. You know, hey, you know what, boss, what if we did this? Hey, boss, what if we did that? You know, because obviously, you know, there's this old saying, when people help build, they help support, right? And so if you're getting feedback and you're getting ideas from your team, it's way more likely they're going to be supportive of those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, you know, I feel like you're sort of answering my quest, some of my questions as we, as we move along here, but mm -hmm. I guess I want to know how is, how is your leadership style evolving during this time? Well, it's, I spend, you know, you kind of started off this conversation with, I spend a lot of time, you know, on QuickBooks or, you know, an Excel sheet and I do, but to tell you the truth, I haven't really looked at that at all in the last two weeks. I mean, I literally go from salon location to salon location to salon location every day. Um, right now, my role is not to check the spreadsheets, right? Because as I said before, those goals are blown out of the water. Yeah, and you don't think anybody wants to be micromanaged right no, now? No, no. And nobody wants to hear, hey, we're at 85% of revenues. I mean, I, I love that, right? Because I look at that in the lens that I look at it through. But nobody wants to hear sales are down. Um, they just don't. You know what? They're worried about bigger issues. Um, you know, as silly as it sounds, I've got my mother-in-law over this weekend. She's 82 years old. I'm more worried about that, you know than I am about whether or not our, our sale revenue goals are being hit. Um, but back to the point, you know, my goal is now to be a cheerleader um, and also to be a facilitator of making sure people have what they need, you know, and it's dumb stuff. Um, 
but you know, I was at one of our locations the other day. We have this new thermostat. The thermostat is stuck at 72 degrees. It's locked. Nobody can change it. It's hot in here. I go online. I Google the directions. I get the thermostat down to 70 because it's, you know, it's already getting hot here in Georgia. That sounds like a small thing, but when you've got 20 other things stressing you out, including a mask that you're wearing across the face, uncomfortable gloves that you got to wear all day, you've hand sanitized enough to kill yourself. Um, you know what? That air conditioner becomes a trigger point. So mm -hmm. I spend most of my time right now going to salons, talking to staff, talking to managers. What do you need? How do I help you? Where are you stuck? Can I get you some ice cream? Do you need a cup of coffee? Let me go get you a sandwich. And I know that sounds silly, but that's probably the most important thing I can do right now. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, and screw the spreadsheet. And yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because the numbers behind the chair and I know we're not there yet, but the chair numbers have been great. The people, the people that have come back, you know, we, we think, and you know, I'm going to follow Brian's eyes on this. Um, although I believed what he said to be true prior, we think this rush Mm -hmm. We think you're going to have the same rush that we're having. Your right. clients have been growing the roots out and it, and it's the funniest thing to listen to, by the way. Right. Yeah. Um, but they've been growing the roots out. They've been sitting at home and they've mm -hmm. been sitting at home. You know, right. so, you know, I, I have not been as obedient. So I'm, I'm surprised every time when somebody tells me they've literally been quarantining um, right. at home. Um, and the reality is, is like <clears throat> they want their hair done now. Mm -hmm. But again, we don't know what's going to happen in, you know, in the near future. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, uh, scary news that could lead us to believe this might be the first of a few or whatever. Right. We, you know, we don't know this stuff. Mm -hmm. So we would be preparing for a rush. The chair numbers are high. I mean, the chair numbers are easy and high mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, but we would say pre prepare for a softer um, a softer approach from your client afterwards. At least mm -hmm. that's what, that's what I'm mentally preparing for. I'm, I think this rush will end. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, we might even settle into people distancing their appointments a little bit, right. them out in between, you know, the people that were getting the three and four part balayage, you know, um, right. applications. I think some of those might soften down a little bit. They might, you know, go back to just doing touch up. So that's all stuff we you know, that, that I think is going to happen just from a bi general business perspective, but right now you're going to get a rush. Mm -hmm. Um, and people want their hair done. Yep. Um, if I'm an owner who hasn't, you know, it, it, it's always interesting for me to hear you say like, you know, this measuring things that all owners measure, because my personal belief is most owners don't measure, uh, mm -hmm. the, you know, those very things that you spend, you know, all of your time on. If I'm an owner who's just gotten interested, yeah. like this was the wake up call. You know, I opened my salon five years ago. It's mm -hmm. grown ever since things have been great. Um, and this is the first time I've ever had to really look at my business. Right. Um, where do I start coming back? If I'm going to stay open, if I'm going to do this thing, if I just realized, wow, I've just been doing hair and I wasn't paying attention to the business and I wasn't, I didn't have the paperwork ready to get the SBA loan. Right. I didn't get the payroll protection. I've been, I've been mm -hmm. sitting at home squandering my savings. Mm -hmm. um, 
and now I want to grow up and be a, a real owner or a real leader. How do I start? Well, the first place there's, you know, there are different numbers we track, but let's put the numbers aside for a second. The place where you need to start is with your expenses, what you're spending money on. Um, Cause I said earlier, you know, we're at 85% of revenues, which is awesome, which means I need to be at 85% or less of expenses. Now let's pretend you haven't been tracking anything. Let's pretend you're one of those salon owners that, you know, you've done really well with your ability to do a lot of hair and inspire people because you've got that little bit of charisma that, that so many of us have, right? Take a serious look at your expenses because revenues are not going to be the same when you reopen and you've got to be able to maintain your business. And the best way to do that is spend less money. Um, and that's, there's just no other shortcut. Spend less money. Where do you need not to spend it? Find out where that is. Get your team involved in the process because that's an amazing thing to have your team start thinking of ways that they can help the company save money. And if you're having that conversation, now it's not so scary. It's not like, hey, John's going out of business because he's, you know, save cut money here, there, and everywhere. It's, oh no, we talked about this. We're trying to make sure that, you know, we're, we're being reasonable in our expectations. And so, yeah, we're thinking of ways to save money. That's awesome. the first place. Yeah. Um, now, is that just a one-time meeting and everything's fixed? No, you know, I'm a big fan, and this is a harder thing to implement, and this is probably a whole other podcast. I'm a big fan of open book management, meaning I love, you know, being able to sit with my team on a quarterly basis, right, and kind of review the profit and loss statement with them. Now, I don't show every single solitary line item, one, because that's boring as heck, and two, because they really can't do a whole lot about it, right? They really can't help me with my rent. You know, let's be serious. Nobody's going to save on lights or electricity, you know. Um, that's just not going to happen. Um, but what we can do is we can talk about other things on our profit and loss statement, like product use, you know, like support staff hours. You know, there's plenty of things we can do as a team. And I want them to know where we stand. Mm -hmm. And I'm always a big fan. Again, people help support what they help build, getting people involved in the process. You know, because here's the other thing. Everybody thinks uh, salon owners are part pulling the minivan up behind the building every night and shoveling in all the cash and driving home, right? And burying it in the backyard or wherever. Salon owners hide all their money, right? Mm -hmm. As a stylist, I think my, my owner's just reeking in dough. Mm -hmm. I know it's a, it's, and I think, I think people think that about business owners in general and, and it's, right. and it's just not true. We we like to pound that home because, you know, if you're a hairstylist and you're listening to this, um, we have no vested interest in your salon, your salon owner, you know, other than yeah. we care about you. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it, I think it's really a shock when we take stylists through a spreadsheet, like we do at the four day intensive mm -hmm. um, at one, two, four, go. And they look through the profit and loss and they go, wait a minute. You mean yeah. that's all the money that's left? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's all the money that's left. And suddenly they get a whole new awareness about their salon owner and about, you know, how their salon owner, their lifestyle, you know, just how hard it is to actually run a salon. And it's also fantastic to run, right? Owning yeah. salons, like one of the, one of the greatest things you can do. Mm -hmm. um, if, if that's what you want to do, right? It's yeah. awesome. So the first thing I look at is expenses. The second thing I'm going to look at, um, and the second thing is actually four things. And these are the numbers that, you know, I think help grow businesses. You know, one, I'm looking at what the average ticket is. 
you know, a client spending more or a client spending less. You know, I'm, I want to know that. The second thing I'm looking at is new client count. Are we getting new clients in the door or are we not? You know, the third thing I look at is retention. Are we keeping the clients that we have? And the last thing I look at is it's either visits per year. It's really kind of hard to measure that. Um, so I do that through the process of um, looking at what our rebooking numbers are. So are our clients coming back on a regular basis? Are we getting new ones? Are we keeping the ones they got, we got? And how much are they spending? Yeah. Those are the four big ones. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, what else do you want to say as far as, you know, the transition right now, things to be focused on, maybe some words of encouragement or? Well, I'm changing my, you know, we're changing our focus because it's not revenues right this moment. You know, I'm looking at revenues mostly because I want to make sure that our expenses stay in line with that number. And I know I've said this already, so I apologize for being redundant, but I think it's important. If my sales are at 85% of last year, my expenses can't be any more than 85% either. Um, so, you know, that's really important. Because my revenue goals are now blown out of the water for 2020, my focus has shifted. And my focus now is going to be on, on two primary areas. One is retention. I want to make sure we're keeping our clients coming back. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a huge focus for us as a company. What's our retention? What's our retention? What's our retention? And the second big driver that I'm going to look at is our visits per year or our rebooking. You know, both of those numbers are hugely important. And, you know, I'm not going to break down the math because, you know, it's a little much for first thing in the morning. <laughs> but those two numbers, if you keep them at an elevated level or even improve them, will increase your revenues without me necessarily focusing on revenues as a number. Um, I'm going to focus on retention. I want to help our team retain their clients. I want to help them rebook their next appointment because the fear is they may not come back. Or as you said, they may come back with a longer stretch in between. I really need to mitigate those that. So those are my two big focuses, retention, rebooking. Yeah. Um, just a tidbit on that. You know, one of the things that's worked really well here so far, and Brian's been really pushing everybody to do, um, is now that we're in this pandemic thing and we're coming back from it, um, people are really realizing the value of their appointments. Yeah. And so from the rebooking perspective, if you have not been one of those stylists who schedules more than one appointment at a time, mm -hmm. We think now is a fantastic time to introduce that strategy. Maybe even get your clients booked throughout the rest of 2020. Right. So, um, yeah, love that. That's, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, let's talk about what you're doing. Yep. So, we've had, uh, you know, a couple of staff members who were not able to come back right away. Yep. They either had autoimmune, you know, challenges or family members that lived with them that had autoimmune challenges. So they've extended their time out for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you were gracious enough to kind of pitch in and say, hey, where do you need me? I'll do some hair. Uh, and you've been in our Swanee location for a full week. Yeah. Uh, I saw you there the other day when I stopped by to visit. Yeah. Tell us what's going on. So, you know, what? A, let's start off with clients or our guests. What are they thinking? Because you're, you know, boots on the ground now. You, you've got that leadership role within our company, but now you, you get to have the opportunity to have your feet in both you know, areas. What are clients saying? What do they think? What's going on through, what's going on in their minds? Mm -hmm. Well, first things first, um, I want to give a shout out to the stylists whose 
clients I've been taking care of who, <laughs> who, who were, who were unable to come back yet. Right. Um, and you know, uh, and to say that, you know, inside of our company, we did not push or press the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we realize there, there are diametric opposite opinions around the issue of coming back right now. Mm-hmm. Some people were a hundred percent for it. Some people were a hundred percent against it. And some people were simply unable, mm-hmm. um, both Bell and Rachel, who I've taken care of their clients that work at our Swanee location. I just want to say <laughs> your clients love you. And I want to, I want to extend that to you, the listener. Um, your clients love you. They miss you. Um, and they're really excited to be back. Um, I also want to give a shout out to the, to the two ladies, just because, uh, I've been doing some reformulation of their things at, based on personal style, but for the most part, hairstylists are really good. And, you know, they've been taking care of their clients beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, the great formulations, great hair. These people are extremely happy. And again, they're just going to be happy, really happy to see you. So um, great job to those two girls, um, you know, just because they've, they've obviously been doing something right before this thing ever happened. Um, in the meantime, uh, these, these guests need to get back to work and they need their hair, you know, they need their right. roots to not be three inches. And for, it's been about 50-50 in the conversations of some of them are just trying to get by Mm -hmm. with this is, you know, I just want to extend this, make sure my roots are covered. Um, you know, you you say get by, you mean the, the minimum number of services and the minimum number. Yeah. The minimum. Yeah. They're asking about the haircut. They're asking about the, the add on, if you will, or the upgrade. Um, they're, they're, they're more curious right now about, what it is they've been having done in the past and, you know, what they can do today to kind of get by. And then the other 50% are like, I need the works. <laughs> like, give me the works. I'm out of my shampoo at home. You know, I need the Like, I don't care what it takes. Here's the picture. Do it. Right. Um, and so, you know, obviously I think we can expect that, but, but I feel like the percentages have really moved to a 50, 50 feeling split, or at least that's what I've been experiencing. Right. Um, the other thing is they really want to talk, mm-hmm. um, and just be listened to. Yeah. Um, and they also really appreciate the level of safety mm-hmm. that, that your salon can implement. Um, so maybe, maybe I should start there for just a second. Obviously, we implemented, you know, a lot of protocols that we looked at CDC and we looked at um, our board of cosmetology and we found whatever was the tightest protocol in each of those. Right. And, and we implemented them. And, and, and I'm suggesting that and I'm saying to a stylist, um, I didn't want to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. It took me a day to get used to the mask, but we're wearing masks. Right. And I know you're wearing a mask too, where yep. you're at, mm-hmm. but like, I don't want to hear any complaints about the mask. Yeah. You know, I'm wearing a mask um, and I'm not doing it for me to tell you the truth because I feel super healthy. I don't feel afraid of even getting coronavirus. I'm, and if I do fine, I really don't. Um, but I'm not doing it for me. I'm wearing the mask for the guest. 
I'm wearing the mask for my coworkers who might live with people who are, um, and I want you to know it's appreciated. Mm-hmm. I've had medical staff members in my chair all week long. It feels like my entire clients have been um, medical. I think <laughs> I, I think Bell and Rachel must be like doing you know the entire hosp- local hospitals staff. <laughs> um, right. A lot you know a lot of these uh, gentlemen and ladies are coming in. And those people have diametrically opposite opinions on what we should or should not be doing, mm-hmm. but they all appreciated the safety protocols. So I would say, number one, behind the chair, flaunt those protocols and be proud of them. Don't apologize for them or hide from them. Mm-hmm. Let them know, you know, that this is a new part of our appointment cycle. Right. This is a new, and we don't know how long it'll last. Mm-hmm but this is a new measure of safety and sanitation sterilization that we learned way back in hair school. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I've implemented immediately into the conversation that we have at the door when we're taking a temperature check, I let them know very clearly before you step into the building, you know, I'm going to take your temperature. I'm going to ask you four questions. Mm-hmm. Questions that we're asking are, have you had a fever? Do you have a cough? Have you been quarantined with somebody with COVID symptoms in the last 14 days? And have you had any COVID symptoms in the last 14 days? Mm -hmm. I let them know if you answer no to any of these, or if yes to any of these questions, unfortunately, I've got to reschedule your appointment. And I guess why I'm saying all this is, um, we've been afraid to have a basic consultation. Right. For years, we've been afraid to have a price quote for years and now we have this whole new level of thing and what i've found is it's given me even even me a new set of courage or a new opportunity to change what i've been doing if i've been needing to make a change and so in this case my entire script is now based around informing my guest up front of not only the protocol, but now informing them of the services that they've been having, right? Informing them of, um, and kind of walking through because I have, because that whole conversation of these are the four questions are going to take your temperature kind of gets you in that, in that mode now of informing. It's such an opportunity, John, Mm -hmm. it puts you right into the mode of, um, the a new greeting yeah a new way of greeting sure. um and i and i very purposefully so you know we walk outside we look like you know uh, uh lab workers you know we're, we're 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 wearing a smock we're covering our face so you know while the client is walking from their car mm-hmm. i you know while they're still way safe distance from me i take my mask off so they can see my face i give them a big smile I say, welcome. I just wanted you to see I'm smiling at you before, you know, before you come up and, you know, we've obviously got these things that we're doing Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I think they appreciate that, you know, so if you're going to walk outside, you know, and you're, you know, masked up and gloved up, you know, if you've got some distance, give them a smile, you know, add that back into the greeting, let them know you wish you could shake their hand or hug them. Yeah. Um, You don't have to hug them to do it. Mm-hmm. but you can let them know that you wish you could. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then let them know, you know, obviously we all know things have changed and the guests are super aware of it. You know, they've been at home too. So it's not new. Let them know that these are the CDC protocols. And then from there, you, you, you said it perfectly. It's like, bam, that's step one. Now we sit down, Hey, let's take a review of what we've been doing. It's, yeah. it's been a little longer between our appointment. Mm -hmm. And I can have a real honest consultation with them. Right. Um, the, 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 I guess the last thing I want to say, I'm just thinking about changes in that upfront conversation is now the first thing I do is um, when I'm, I, I used to talk about, you know, rapport building and, mm -hmm. you know, that first part of the greeting being that few minutes of warming back up. Right. You know, my new, my new question is about their well-being. You know, how are you for real? Yeah. You know, I give them a minute to answer that. Um, are, are, are all of your people safe? Mm -hmm. You know, I give them a minute to answer that. Um, I'm really genuinely concerned. And then I say, are we ready to talk some hair? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just been, again, a really, um, it's a genuine, you know, coming from me, it's super genuine. I mean, I really do. I am interested in their well-being. I want to make sure everybody's okay. Uh, these medical professionals, some of them are worn out and some of them are not. Right. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's just been a nice way to introduce. Now we're going to talk about your hair and then boom, you know, obviously I'm not going to go through the steps of a consultation, but right. I'll say that it's, you can be hyper reinvented if you'd like to right it's now. It's a great time for it, right? Um, because you're, I think to the point is you're stepping out of that routine that you've normally had. And I think that's the hardest part with change, right? Change, the hardest part about change, you know, let's pretend that none of this happened, right? And it was just the same old business as usual. If you're trying to grow your career, you're trying to grow your business, you're trying to grow your clientele, sometimes one of the things you have to do is you have to do something different, right? You've got to change. And change is hard. Creating new habits is hard maybe one of the silver linings if there is such a thing to this whole you know challenge we're having right now is it forces you to change your habits it forces you to do things differently than you've done before and i love what you just said maybe this is a perfectly great time to reinvent yourself um, and, and start creating those habits and start making those changes that you wanted to do but found uncomfortable 100 percent. yeah love that um so that's from the the customer standpoint, how about stylists? I mean, you're hanging out, you're having coffee, you're in the back room, you know, I hopefully you've had some of that ice cream I brought by. Oh, wait a minute. You're, you're on that dairy free thing right now, aren't you? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, but you know, what's the mood? How, are, how I mean, cause as a salon owner, right? Yeah. I want to know because we've had the blessing of being in this three weeks. How's your team three weeks in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, again, initially we were all curious. Mm -hmm. Most of everybody I spoke with, including myself, I didn't sleep the first night that we were going to reopen and I was going to, I was assisting that day. So I, um, I went and sit, assisted at our Sugarloaf location for three or four days before I went over to Swanee and, and, um, got behind the chair. Um, just supporting, making sure our protocols were in place. We wanted people to see as leaders that we were, I was out front taking a temperature check of somebody, you know, that I'm not afraid of this and I want to interact. 
and be there. Um, and so I was very active from that part, just cleaning chairs off when a client would get out from doing those things. I'm saying, I'm saying that to say we were all nervous, yeah. right? Every, every one of us was, um, <clears throat> because we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know if the clients would give pushback. We didn't know. And so that fear, um, if you're having it, you know, as an owner is also very alive inside of your stylist. We're sure that they're telling you that, mm -hmm. but, um, it's real. If you're, you know, don't discount it. And, um, the protocols are also in place to make them feel not feel safe to them be as safe as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, from there, there's some getting used to, um, and there's some grumbling, you know, I don't, right. the I don't want to wear the mask right. the robes. I would say if you can, if you're, if you're in the position to do it, order smocks that are comfortable for your stylists. Um, we did the best we could with 200 stylists. It's a, you know, huge investment and, mm -hmm. you know, we did the best we could, but, um, you know, th th there is a comfort level to being hot behind the chair if you're wearing gloves all day long and you have a mask on. Right. Um, and so we're all kind of getting used to those things um, mm -hmm. together. And there, there's, there's going to be some moments of discontent mm -hmm. um, from your staff. I would say be open ears to it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Even I've been discontented, right? Yeah. You know, oh, God, this smock doesn't, you know, you know, and, and, yeah. and it's, you know, because you're just trying to get used to a new thing. Right. Um, there's some stress around the running a little bit late because of the protocols. Right. Um, and, you know, is it safe to take this temperature? You know, there's, there's all of those kind of things. So um, I just want to say they're really, they're real they're valid because yeah. I'm doing them and I'm like, Oh, I wish we didn't have to this. Right. You know, but we have to. Yeah. So if you're a stylist listening, get over it. <laughs> We're doing it. Yeah. Right. And if you're a salon owner listening, let be, be open ears. And if there is something that you can do to make your top, you know, stylists and the, and your new stylists feel safe at work and feel comfortable as they're working through the new protocols, right. um, have them do that. Cause there's definitely some fear around it. That said that that's the first part of it. Yep. The second part is they're happy as hell to be back at work. Mm -hmm. I mean, the ones that are back at work, once the nerves wear off, right. You know, because some of them are still, some of the people that have come back are still conflicted in their decision. They don't know if they're doing the right thing. Right. They're not, Oh, you know, they, they, they might have a grandma that they see occasionally that they're now going to put off for a little while. So, um, you know, they're, they're, and that's, and I, you know, I don't know what the percentage of that is, but, but there's some of that conflict. So the more, um, I can be aware of that as an owner, um, and the more I can be open ears to that and just try to accommodate through the amenities that you can do mm -hmm. a good experience for them. Uh, it's going to be helpful because they're ha once they get behind the chair, they're like, Oh my God, I've been missing this. Like, this right. is what I, th this is what I needed. I needed a day with my clients. Mm -hmm. Um, third thing real quick exhaustion, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've been sitting for a month if, if, if you quarantined or two months or however long it's been. Right. Um, may, maybe do some working out before you go back to salon because, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it was, it's been a shock to the system for a lot of our people. Mm -hmm. 
like, oh my God, I forgot how exhausting this is. So be prepared, pace yourself out, bring a lunch. Mm -hmm. um, That's awesome. All those sorts of things. Thanks. Um, I'm going to channel my inner Chris Suleme for a moment. Oh. Chris, you know, believe it or not, it's all, uh, an hour has pretty much gone by already in this conversation. Wow. Um, anything that you feel as though we hadn't touched base on? Anything you think we're leaving on the table that you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I guess what I would say is, you know, maybe I'm being redundant. Um, to John's point, to your point, <clears throat> if, look, we know you got to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I mean, we, we know, yeah. I mean, and, and, and maybe now more than ever. I mean, you know, I am so, uh, I didn't lose a paycheck. So I, you know, I've, it's like, I have no skin in this game. Mm-hmm. I am so very compassionate, um, almost to the point of anger for the people that had to go without Mm -hmm. during this time that, you know, I mean, I've had, I've had to contain myself, Mm -hmm. um, you know, during on social media and, you know, that sort of thing, because I'm, uh, livid Mm -hmm. about you know, the, the fact that it's taken this long for, uh, salons to be able to work. And one salon owner got thrown in jail for trying to put food on her table. So I'm, so, so I'm very aware of the money piece, um, uh, hyper aware of it. But with that said, um, once you're back, you have a, you have a brand new time to reinvent. And with reinvention to me comes reinvention of intention. Mm-hmm. My intention has shifted during this time. Um, and I'm, I'm more aware now of the importance of a hairstylist um, of to their client the importance of that client feeling nurtured and nourished through the human interaction that comes along with it and through the visual seeing themselves in the mirror and liking what they see and feeling good about what they see whether that's pretty whether that's professional whether that's well groomed whether that's groovy and cool you know, that, that we have a major effect on what people see in the mirror. And if I can, as a stylist, one by one, as people sit down, appreciate that person while doing my job, while adding some new scripts, while making sure I get them to come back, Mm -hmm. um, you know, making sure I'm asking them, do they want a color change right now? I've seen a lot of transformations happening in the salon right now. Um, you know, if I can go back to work with that intention, then I believe the rest, it's going to take care of itself. I believe, you know, so that's what I would say. Ask yourself right now, what's my intention? I know it's to get food on your table. I mean, if I could send everybody a check, I'd be doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, but once, once you get back, I believe if I can turn my attention and intention back to the guest fully, leave my shit at the door. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we're going to be able to, I think we're going to come out. All right. Awesome. Love that. Thank you. How about you? For me, um, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm the leader of my company, I think the most important thing you can do right now is 
be that communication outlet for people. Um, you know, I go around the salons, you know, I say hi to everybody I visit, I, you know, I'm notorious for bringing ice cream, it's my thing. Um, and I also go around the salon and I ask everybody, you know, hey, you know, anything I can do for you, you know, what do you need help with? And I know, I know that from time to time, geez, here comes John, he's gonna ask me what he can do for me and there's nothing he can do for me right now. But here's the thing, I'd rather you were a little irritated with me for asking you too much than be really disappointed because I never asked at all and nobody cared, right? You know, we need to make sure as leaders, as owners, uh, that our people are okay, right? They showed up, right? They're putting food on the table, as you said. You know, they're working with the guests. Anything you can do to support your team. If you're worried about revenues, trust me, you take care of your team, the revenues will come. You know, the goals for this year are blown out of the water. You know, that's, that's just, that's, that's, those are the cards we've got dealt right now. Take care of your team, make sure they're happy, get them ice cream, talk to them, go outside. What do you need? How can I help? How are you feeling? How's your family? Um, you know, that'd be the best advice I can give anybody. Just connect with your team, build that rapport, make sure they're okay. Yep, absolutely. Thanks to everybody who's listening. Uh, if you feel served by this conversation, we think you will, actually. I think there's just a, a lot here for a lot of different uh, people in different places of the industry. Please share this. Take a screenshot of it. Slam it in your Instagram. Tag us at 124Go. Uh, you know, our goal is to help as many salon professionals as possible through you know, just offering this free educational platform. Um, we hope you're served by it. Stay safe, be well, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye.